Hey everyone, Crystal here, and I've got a special treat for you today. I actually have a bonus episode, which is an interview with my new friend, Sarah Wolfer. Sarah is a professional football player. How awesome is that? Yes, she is a woman, and yes, it is tackle football. So I can't wait to get into this story with you and share all of the amazing insights that I learned from Sarah and all of her motivational stuff because she's pretty inspiring. So stay tuned for my interview with Sarah Wolfer. Welcome to the Profit Podcast, where we teach entrepreneurs how to start, launch, and market their podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Profit, and I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Because if you've been thinking about creating a podcast for a while, well, I'm so glad you found this show. Think of this as the shortcut slash time-saving version of searching Google and YouTube for hours and hours trying to figure out the world of podcasting. Trust me, as a busy mama of three, I get it. You don't have a lot of time to be spent or wasted, I should say, searching the web, trying to find all the right ideas and all the amazing things that are out there, and you just end up overwhelmed. Trust me, I've been there, done that, took home the souvenir. But this podcast is going to help you in practical ways because twice a week we'll be delivering episodes that are going to give you steps to help you create a podcast your audience can't wait to listen to. So let's get right to it, shall we? Hey, you. Yeah. You. Yes. Yes, I'm talking to you. Do you see? Yeah. Okay. So are you looking to start a podcast in 2019, but you're thinking, I don't know what I'd talk about. It's like, I have no idea even where to get started. Don't, 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 don't even let that thought overwhelm you because guess what? I've done all the work for you. I've actually created a workbook that has 500 podcast ideas for any industry. That's right. 500. Hundred, Actually, it's over 500. I think it's like 554 for any kind of podcast. I specifically created this tool for entrepreneurs who aren't sure if podcasting is right for them. They say, well, I have a blank, insert any kind of industry, business. Will a podcast work for me? My answer, 99.99999% of the time is Yes, a podcast will totally work for that kind of business. So let's say you're in personal finance or real estate or business or marketing or technology or beauty and fashion or pet services or life coaching or parenting or any other number of industries. I've got you covered. Let me show you some podcast ideas that I have for you to get started. You can go to crystalprofit.com slash 500 podcast ideas. That's Crystal with a K, Profit with two F's and two T's, crystalprofit.com slash 500 podcast ideas, and you can grab this free, 100% free, download today. So today's episode is extra special because I've interviewed so many female entrepreneurs that are doing amazing things, and when I interviewed them, the podcast was still The Rookie Life. 
And I feel like our conversations were so valuable that now we've changed things up here at the Profit Podcast. I did not want these interviews to go to waste because there's so many women out there that are doing awesome things, just like our guest Sarah today. And I still want to share their stories because there's so much that you can learn about determination and just the audacity to keep going and pursuing your dreams, even when the people that you love the most don't even know that you have it in you to achieve them. So we'll talk more about that in the interview, but I wanted to tell you a little bit about Sarah. So like I said, I'm talking with Sarah Wolfer. Sarah is the CEO and founder of Girl Boss Sports, which is an organization devoted to female coaches and athletes breaking barriers. She's also a professional tackle football player for the Seattle Majestics. She's working on a book for women in leadership in 2019. Like we're rooting you on, Sarah. We know that you're going to create amazing things for other women in this world. And Sarah loves to discuss women supporting women, leadership, owning a business, self-care, women in sports, and just so much more. Sarah was excited to talk about her being a rookie in many ways this year. She's started her own business. She's a rookie CEO, and she's also a rookie with the Seattle Majestics. So the term rookie played so many roles in Sarah's life this year, and Sarah's excited about trying and succeeding at new things in life. So Without further ado, here is my interview with Sarah Wolfer. Well, Rookie Podcast listeners, I'm so excited to share with you today. I have Sarah Wolfer with us, so thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So um, we were just chatting um, before we got started about how, you know, the whole term rookie was really born out of my athletic past and the things that I used to do. So Sarah, I really want to talk about um, what it is that you do. Tell us kind of who you are, how you got started, and how your journey has led you to where you are today. Yeah. Um, So my name is Sarah Wolfer. um, And to tell my story, I think it's important to say that I wear a lot of different hats. Um, Part of, you know, some of those include I'm a wife. I'm actually really got married last July. So I celebrated my six-month anniversary this month. Um, I'm also a dog mom to two wonderful and stressful and amazing dogs, uh, Ace and Roxy. You might hear them barking at some point today. And I'm also a licensed independent clinical social worker in Washington State and a mental health professional. Um, and that's kind of been my primary career focus until pretty recently. And um, I'm the CEO of Girl Boss Sports, uh, which is all about female athletes and female sports coaches. And I'm a professional tackle football player now this year. I'm a rookie uh, for 2019 with the Seattle Majestics, which is part of the Women's National Football Conference. Um, And I'm also going to try and be an author this year. So I'm trying on a lot of new things. Uh, So that's also why I wanted to be a part of what you're doing at the the Rookie Podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, like I said, like, okay, there's there's so many things that I want to talk about. And I want to make sure that we cover all of them because – This fascinates me. So first of all, I want to go to the obvious question for me. When did you know you wanted to play professional tackle football? I want to just dive right into it. Yeah. Uh, So as you, (laughs) I'm sure you know, football hasn't really been an option for women, um, at least when I was growing up and not until very recently. And even now, I'm a professional football player. I'm not paid to do so. Hopefully in the next few years, you know, there's a plan to make that happen. 
Um, and so my, my whole life I've been playing soccer actually since I was four years old and I've been coaching soccer for 15 years. That's kind of where girl boss sports comes in. Um, and then for the last couple of years, I've been thinking about, you know, I've seen what the Seattle Majestics were doing and I, you know, I saw them at a parade at one point and I was like, wow, women football players. I never even realized that was a thing. And for the last couple of years, I wanted to try out. And if I'm being perfectly honest with myself, I chickened out, um, mostly because I found out about the tryouts right before they were going to be happening. And for me, if I'm going to dive into something, uh, especially something new, I want to be able to prepare you know, my mind and my body for it, uh, especially my body. Um, and so this year I found out about it You know, I was trying to pay attention to what they were doing. And near the end of last season, I started really pushing myself to work out, get to the gym, lift weights. Um, and I felt like I was this year ready and prepared both mentally and physically to dive in. So I wanted something that's a little bit more aggressive than soccer and also just to try something completely new. Every tryout that I've been to and practice that I've been to so far, I've, it's just the whole time I'm having to pay attention. I have to be focused. I can't think about what's stressing me out at home or at work. I really have to be paying attention because I'm just learning all of the new things, um, new plays, new names movements new literally everything new positions um yeah so it's definitely something that I'm really excited to try out this year so that's awesome I I love I love your story I love you know that you said like I'm a rookie you know and you're excited about it because I'm sure like it's something new um what was the initial reaction you know from your friends and your family when you said you know what I think I'm gonna do this like I think I'm just gonna go all in I'm gonna try out like what was their initial reaction yeah so I, my husband would probably hate me for admitting this, but he didn't think I would make it. <laughs> I remember when I told him about it this year, I was like, yeah, I really want to try out. And the first thing he said was, you can't do that. You have no hands. <laughs> I proved that wrong in my tryout. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm, you know, for my first time, because obviously I'm playing soccer, which is, you know, a sport with my feet. And I've never done anything with my hands before. Um, other than I didn't do pole vaulting in high school, but that was another completely different sport. Um, and so in that first tryout, I was really nervous because I was like, man, what if I really don't have any hands? What if I can't catch? And I'm trying out for wide receiver because I'm you know, pretty fast and a lot of the soccer movements are pretty similar to what we do in football. Um, and yeah, so I actually did pretty decent for a first time. And ever since then, he has taken that back and is my biggest supporter and fan. Um, and he's considering helping out the team in other ways actually this year. So he's definitely stepped up. And I know at work, my former job, my team at work was just so excited. They all want to come to the games. They want to get t-shirts. Uh, my family's excited. They're all supporting me along the journey. So everyone's just been very excited to see me try try it out. And also a little nervous that I'm going to get like a concussion or get injured or something. So that's right. kind of the actions I've had. Right. So it's like, it's like, we're excited for you, but you know, like, like we're going to be there. Like if something happens to you, like it's, yeah. kind of, it's that, you know, it's your family. They love you. Exactly. And but they're also kind of like okay I understand because I had my brother he played he played football um you know all through high school all through college and so like I totally get it where you're like yes like that was an awesome play but then it's mm -hmm. like okay like just don't be the one on the field that's everyone's taking a knee for like I totally mm -hmm. understand that just comes with contact sports you know it's mm -hmm. the risk that you run yeah. but um I want to switch gears for a second so you mentioned um you know possibly writing a book or you're going to write a book this year. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So some of my biggest passions are you know, women supporting women, leadership, women in leadership, um, sports. And so that's also part of, you know, diving in again to Girl Boss Sports, why I created that company. But also it's going to be a huge focal point for my book I want to work on. 
and it's going to be centered around women in leadership and women in sports and many of the overlaps that I've seen. For example, even when I'm, you know, coaching soccer to young girls or, you know, adolescents or even up to, you know, I coach one person who's 21 years old. Uh, we work on things like communication and confidence and being able to ask for the ball on the field. And I, I've seen a lot of overlap with what has happened in various workplaces that I've been at, you know, when I've advocated to have a raise and how hard that was. And I just really realized this year how many of the, the skills I've learned in the workplace have come from my skills I've learned in sports. Um, so that's what I really want to focus on in the book. And I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. I'm rooting you on. I just, I oh, love, you. I love, you know, um, I've, I've written a book. I self-published a book two years ago and it's super hard. My biggest tip to you is just to write it and don't read anything until you're completely <laughs> dead. Like, don't go back and try to edit, like, write And then just go for it. And then, then you can do all the other stuff later because it like, okay, awesome. but you'll, you'll do great. You have an awesome story. And mm-hmm. I think that the experiences that you've had, um, you know, I'm sure there's tons of stuff that you've overcome that you could share with other people. And that would encourage other people to kind of get out of their comfort zone and try something that not everyone does. It's not mainstream to say, Hey, I'm a professional tackle football player, you know, as a woman, that's not, you know, that's why I wanted to talk to you. So that actually segues into what obstacles have you faced as a female athlete? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think there's there's been a ton of obstacles, both as a female athlete, as a female sports coach, um, and as a female in the world and in the workplace. And again, I've seen so many overlaps between all of those. But things happen even now as an athlete. I still play soccer recreationally. Um, I play in some co-ed leagues. And it still happens all the time where men just won't pass me the ball. And, you know, I'm humble, but also I'm really good at soccer. I've been playing for 25 years. Um, I used to play semi-professionally soccer a couple years back. And so... I'm pretty good and they still won't pass me the ball until I've proven myself. Um, and sometimes even then they still won't pass me the ball. And then there's times after soccer games where we're, you know, giving high fives to the other team and a man might say, wow, you're really good for a girl. And I'm just like, Oh, thank you. I know you're trying to compliment anything <laughs> about how you said that. Um, and so th- those experiences definitely still happen. And even, you know, worse than that, I've had a man not too long ago, just completely, berate me on the field on the other on the other team um, and call me some words that I'm not going to use right now and I completely lost it um, and so you know things like that definitely still do happen and I think it's because I mean there's lots of different reasons depending on the man and I also want to say that there's lots of men who are completely supportive on the soccer field and who pass the ball and who are encouraging you know my husband's also a soccer player and he's you know one of those but there's many others but there are those few that are I think it more challenging to play in like co-ed type leagues um, so yeah, those are some of the experiences I've had as a as an athlete. There's also, you know, when I was younger, I had a male coach uh, just completely, you know, he screamed in my face, you know, started out six feet away from me by the end of the conversation was an inch away. And I still remember there was like a hundred expletives and a spittle that flew all over me. And I could, I still remember seeing like the, the female assistant coach in the background behind him just with her jaw dropped. Um, and I, you know, I walked away. I was proud of myself in the moment because I didn't cry in front of him. But as soon as I walked away, I just started bawling and he kicked me out of the field for crying. And just that whole experience, that, that is also part of why I started Girl Boss Sports because I, you know, I, he is a wonderful coach for men from what I've seen, but I don't think he should ever coach girls or women. <laughs> and there's, there's a ton of experiences like that. And again, there are some men who are absolutely amazing at coaching 
regardless, but I just think that women bring something different and that I bring something different when I'm coaching girls and young women, uh, because I understand what it's been like to be a female athlete and to be a young girl and young woman growing up in this world. And I can relate on a different level. Um, yeah. So when you talk about, um, you know, the athletes that you're coaching, are you working with, um, sort of like the elite athletes? Are you working in the nonprofit sector, like with doing, you know, like YMCA leagues or because there is a very big difference on coaching styles and, you know, the kids that just want to play for fun. And then the kids that are trying to be the best athletes that they can possibly be. So can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so I've been coaching for 15 years, so I've kind of done all of all of that now. I've coached, you know, my first job, coaching job was when I was 14, and it was two to four-year-olds. Um, that was definitely an experience. <laughs> about, Please don't touch the soccer ball with your hands. Use your feet. Um, to, I've coached at a community college around, around here in Seattle, and um, so I've kind of coached that whole range, whether it was with teams or with clubs or with schools or, you know, private lessons. Uh, but girl boss sports now is about private soccer lessons. It's for I mean any girl who wants to join um, can. Uh, but most of the clients I'll say that we've had so far are those that really want to take their game to the next level. You know, I, the youngest I coach is five right now. The oldest I coach is 21, uh, who's at a junior college and has been trying to get into a D1 or D2 school. And you know, she actually just told me that she got in, so that's really exciting. Uh, it can be you know one of the girls I worked with really wanted to become the captain of her soccer team, and so. In addition to the actual sport-specific, soccer-specific training drills we do, we also focus on leadership. And so with her, I talked a lot about, like, what does it mean to be a captain? How do you actually go about becoming one? What are some steps you can take? And so we actually role-played how she would go to the, to the trial and talk to her coach before the trial and tell him straight up, I am interested in being captain of the team. What are you looking for from me to be able to do so in this trial? And she ended up becoming captain of her team. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's also why I really love what we're doing is that we're focusing on the soccer, but we're focusing on leadership and communication is the, probably the biggest one we focus on um, and confidence and all of the other issues that can impact female athletes. Well, I love that you mentioned communication. So um, communication is so important. I have, I have three boys. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I'm just like, <laughs> I find myself, so they are ages nine, six, and three, and they've done- Ooh kind of a variety of sports um we've done some soccer they're doing some jujitsu right now and they've done basketball and t-ball like we've kind of done all kinds of things but whenever you just said communication I'm like oh light bulb because that is I feel at the core of anything in life like not just coaching not just being an athlete but being you know a good worker a good employee so can we talk about like I guess the foundational principles that you know, you have in your coaching business that can be applied to other parts of someone's life. Yeah. And one of the biggest ones I work on is, like I said, communication. And so that can play out in a lot of different ways. When I'm doing a passing drill with, with the girls, I literally will not pass them the ball until they yell, yell for it. I'll also usually have a conversation beforehand um, of like, you know, I remember what it was like, because it was hard for me too to actually communicate on the soccer field when I was growing up. And so thinking, you know, thinking back on that and also my social work experience and kind of understanding of, you know, human development and social skills and personality and all of that, um, I'm able to talk to the girls on that level too. Like, I know it's scary and to, to tell your teammate they have a, have a man on or a woman on can also be hard. But what I talk about is that I'm actually almost giving them a gift by letting them know that they, there, is, there is somebody on them uh, because now they're not going to get the ball taken from them. And so it's hard for me to use my voice to say, hey, man on, pass the ball. 
um, it's actually giving them a gift. And so a lot of the girls are able to like resonate with that and almost flip their mindset of it is okay for me to demand that it is okay for me to use my voice. It is okay for me to be loud uh, because I'm actually helping my teammates out and being a better all around player by doing so. And, you know, even some of the lessons that I've seen that have, you know, this, this kind of mentality has helped me in the workplace you know, not, you know, there was a time um, at one company I was working at where I found out I was getting paid unequally. And that was nerve wracking for me because I, you know, being a, all about women supporting women and women empowerment and realizing, oh, wow, this equal pay thing is actually real. Um, all the things that you're hearing in the news and, you know, 80 cents to the dollar as a white woman um, and, you know, even less a woman of color. But then to actually have it happen to me and then realizing as a social worker, I'm really good at standing up for other people. That's, that's part of my job, you know, being a strong advocate, but then having to flip that mindset to do that for myself, it really reminded me of the times that I struggled on the soccer field to actually do that. Um, and so I have lots of thoughts about how I actually went into those negotiation rooms. I didn't end up securing equal pay, which was great, um, but also terrible and exciting and wonderful and really hard. But I remember when I went back to one of the teams I was coaching at the time, um, and it was 12-year-old girls, and I told them about obviously not getting into all of the, the nitty-gritty details about how that happened, but explaining like, yeah, so this is real. I haven't been getting paid equally. I found out, and I won today. I found out today that I'm getting equal pay. And I didn't know if that was going to resonate with the girls, um, but all of them were just like, wow, tell me more. This is real. This really happens. Like, they wanted to know about how I went in there, how I had the courage to do it, what I said, how I was able to speak up. And I was able to relate that to on the field and how important it is to communicate and ask for what you need. And in many cases, that's the ball. Um, so situations like that, I've seen so many overlaps and I've been able to use experiences that have happened to me in the workplace with the girls that I'm coaching and just to show them that the skills that we're working on are beyond just the sport of soccer. Because say, most of the girls and most of the athletes that are playing sports right now aren't going to end up playing professionally. Right. Most of what sports is about is like, teaching them the skills to be successful humans in life. And so that's, that's also a big focus of what we do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds, I'm like, yes, like I wish, you know, I wish I would have had, cause like I had, you know, some great coaches growing up, but then they only went so far. Like they, you know, there were some that were like those above and beyond like life coaches basically that were saying all the things that you just said. And then I had some that I'm like, you need to get your own life together. When I was 16, I could tell. I'm like, why are you coating? Mm, no, like I, <laughs> like, I can't take advice from you. But I'm glad that I knew better than to listen to someone who was saying something that I didn't agree with and knowing, mm. you know, this person may have authority all right now on the court or on the field or whatever, but they don't like, that voice isn't the one that's going to stick with me. So I love that, you know, you have this, um, it sounds like this connection with your athletes that you work with and I'm sure they trust you and, you know, and I, I love that you can share those personal things with them to help them get even further ahead in life. And cause mm -hmm. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of them that think back to, you know, they're, you know, they're done with college, they're going into their first interview and they're like, okay, what did coach Sarah say? You know, <laughs> like, I gotta, you know, how am I going to get this money? How am I going to get what I deserve? But, you know, mm -hmm. if you do that over months and even years, then, you know, that's, that's really awesome. I'm, I'm excited for what you're helping to raise, you know, cause it mm -hmm. takes a village and, you know, having mm -hmm. a empowered woman in their mm -hmm. life is super important. So with that being said, how could you encourage someone that has a child that, um, maybe they have a daughter and they want to, they want to, you know, 
try out for professional football or do something that, you know, they want to play this elite soccer. They want to step up their game, but they don't really know, I guess, how to guide her. Like, I don't know if you're really ready for that, or I don't know if you should do that. I don't know if that's for you. Like what kind of encouragement would you give? Yeah, I think that kind of goes at the heart of what being a rookie is all about, right? When we're diving into something new or just taking whatever we're doing to the next level, it's going to involve having to get uncomfortable and learning a new set of skills. And so that's also kind of what I talk about with the girls uh, that I'm working with is it's okay to mess up. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to have failure. And that's how we're actually learning. Um, And really what it comes down to, if, if athletes do want to get to that next level, is it's grit. It's being able to, and it's resilience, right? We're going to mess up. We're going to, we're going to have a bad pass. We're going to, you know, all of the things that can happen when you're trying something new or if you're starting a new business. Um, there's so many different parallels I can make right now, but when all of those things kind of happen, it's what our response to that is. And so are we resilient? Are we getting back up after the fall? Um, is our, what's that saying? The comeback is better than the set, setback, you know, things like that. I use a lot of corny quotes with the girls I'm working with. I totally get it. I totally get it. <laughs> um, and then also having the the will and the determination to go after the goals. So for me, one of the skills in soccer I work on is just juggling, which is, you know, when you're, you have the ball up in the air using your feet and your thighs and your head and all of that. That's one of the, the core pieces I teach. And that when I was learning, I started out at, you know, one or two juggles as well. And now my record is 451. And so oh I my think, gosh. Yeah. So I think it's powerful that I can talk to the girls about that and say, like, I get it. Like, you only can do one, two, ten, whatever their, their record is right now. But so, so was I. And, you know, what I did is I had a friend back when I was in probably seventh or eighth grade. And the two of us got really competitive with each other. And I would go out after school every single day and I would juggle for hours in my backyard and pass against like a brick wall that we had. And then once I got, let's say, seven juggles, I would then call my friend and say, hey, I just got seven. What are you at? And she's like, oh, crap, I'm at six. I'm going to go out right now. And so then she would go, she would call me when she got eight, I would get nine, she would get 12 and so on and so forth. And she got into the hundreds. I got into the hundreds. Um, And so for me, I use that as a lesson when I'm teaching the girls, like it is not just about, if you want to be at this level, you're not just going to be there overnight. It's the consistency, determination, every single day going out and practicing. If they want to get there, they can, but they have to, they have to put in the work basically. And same with starting a new business with, now, you know, as I'm becoming a professional tackle football player, I'm having to learn everything. I'm doing all sorts of different workouts. And it really is just the consistency. That's what I've, that's how I found success in my life. Oh, that's awesome. No, I totally agree. Like consistency is so key. And no matter what you do, whether you're a writer, an athlete, like whatever it is, you're a professional, you know, talk show host, whatever, you know, it's like that consistency of showing up every single day and trying and I'm something that I say all the time and that we share with our audience is just, it's progress over perfection. Mm-hmm. You know, I like love you're going to make mistakes. You're going to screw up at some point and it's just, you just got to keep going. You're going to miss a pass, miss a goal. You're going to fumble the ball and you just got to keep going. Mm-hmm. So, um, another question I had is, um, so what opportunities have opened up to you since you've kind of stepped into this role of, you know, having your own business or, you know, being a professional tackle football player? Have there been any kind of opportunities or learning experiences that you've had that you would like to share? Yeah. I mean, there's been a ton of opportunities that have come up recently. And actually I'm at the point where I'm having to, one of my biggest uh, growth areas is no to things. Um, and when I read the book Essentialism, I think it's Greg 
McEwen is his name. I'm not sure I'm not saying that right. But he had this diagram in there of our energy. And if we're devoting it to 10 different places, uh, then we're going to only be able to give this much to each one. But if we put our focus towards just, you know, two or three or four, then we're going to be able to have much more, you know, growth in those areas. So that's been something that I'm working on because you know, now that I'm full time with Girl Boss Sports and being a, you know, a football player and writing a book, those are my big three goals for 2019. Several other opportunities have come up for, you know, my social work background. And it's, for me, I'm trying to work through like, which ones can I do now that I do have a little bit more free time? I'm not working full time plus doing a side hustle plus playing football anymore. Um, and so that's actually been my greatest challenge is saying no to some of these. But some of the amazing opportunities that, that have come about have been, you know, even just being part of the Seattle Majestics football team has been huge already. And we're just now starting. Uh, we have our first practice, our first official practice in a couple of weeks. And the women have just, I mean, they're incredible. All, every single one of the women on the team that I've met has been absolutely incredible. The first tryout I had, I had like 200 or 300 uh, high fives. And that's actually what sold me. I was like, I didn't know what I was you know, doing going into this. I already had decided if it was a team of people that weren't really all about it, if the coaches were mean, I wasn't going to do it. And it was the exact opposite experience. The women were so incredibly supportive, giving me suggestions for, you know, if you put your hands like this, that's how you're going to be able to catch the ball better. Uh, oh yeah. You know, just different tips and suggestions with each drill we were doing. And then the coaches were funny and supportive and all of the women were just have been incredible athletes. Um, and so that, those kind of experiences have been great just to expand my support system in several different ways. Um, and with Girl Boss Sports, I've had a few different other companies reach out and want to partner in different ways. And so that's, I think my greatest thing that's come from these has been expanding my support system, getting to know other strong, powerful women um, and men, and just learning from everybody else has really been great. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Like just exponentially expanding your network, you know, and not just <laughs> people. It's quality people that can build you up and, you know, give you mm -hmm. those encouraging, give you those high fives when you need them and, you know, yeah. to keep going and you're doing a good job. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's so yeah. cool. So, so when it comes down to your team, like what is the span of experience? Like, is this, you know, a lot of like, Hey, we've been doing this for a while or, you know, other people that are in your, you know, same ball court where they're like, well, I was an athlete in a different sport, but now I'm going to try this out. Like, how, does, how is that working for y'all's team? Yeah, I would say it's from what I've seen, it's the whole range. There's definitely quite a few players who have been playing for 10 plus years. Um, some of them have played when they were in high school or younger. There's some that are international players that are arriving that have been playing in Australia and England, and I can't remember the other countries right now. Um, and so they've been playing overseas, and now they've, you know, been signed with us. And so it's kind of the whole range. And then there's quite a few of us, too, who, like, other soccer players, there's quite a few of former soccer players, um, former rugby players or current rugby players, um, all sorts of different sports I've heard other people have that, those backgrounds in. And same, you know, similar to me that they didn't have football as an opportunity until very recently or didn't know about it. Um, so it's definitely the whole range. I'm definitely not the only rookie uh, to the sport of football. And that makes me feel better too. So I'm not the only one having to like face this giant learning curve. And we're kind of all in it together. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's really cool because I can imagine, um, like you said, you know, even if you, you study the sport and you're, you know, you see it on paper, you watch videos, you know, you watch clips of how to do it and everything like just getting out there and doing it and trying and practicing is the only way that you're going to get better. Mm -hmm. So that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, we haven't had our first practice where we tackle yet. And so I'm a little nervous for that, getting all my pads and my helmet and everything. Um, so I think I'll have a real taste of that in a couple of weeks. Um, 
but I'm sure it's going to be a wonderful experience. They're going to teach us how to do it. And mostly my goal is just to be really fast so I can avoid as many of those as possible. Right, exactly. I'm just going to outrun everybody. <laughs> That's my plan. And then also to learn how to take a tackle and to be the one tackling. So yeah. That's awesome. I'm just so excited. I'm like, I have to look this up because, you know, I have known about arena football for a long time, but I didn't realize that, you know, professional women's tackle football, I didn't honestly didn't even know that was a thing until you messaged me about coming on the podcast. I'm like, wait, did I miss this somewhere? So where is it that y'all play? Like what, what is your league? Who do y'all compete against? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's the women's national football conference. um, And it was started by a few different people. Most of them were, so there was four former um, female NFL coaches. There was three former division one coaches um, and then a whole bunch of other like business, you know, men and women that joined and banded and created this league. This is the first year for this specific league. There's been um, from what I've seen, there's been a whole bunch of other different leagues and there still are some other leagues for women's football. Uh, But this one is, you know, there's a five-year plan involved. It's very professional we just were sponsored by Adidas this year and by Riddell, which is, are obviously some really major sponsorships for, you know, for the sport of women's football. And uh, we play, you know, our first game is in California. Uh, the, the championship game is in Colorado. It's a nationwide league. Um, yeah, so I, don't, I can't remember exactly how many teams there are, uh, but if you wanted to or if your listeners want to check it out, it's WNFC.com. And you can see all the different teams that are playing. If there's a, a local team in, in your area, you can check them out. And then you also could check out the Seattle Majestics, obviously. So, yeah. Woo, Sarah! (laughs) I'm number 29. Number 29. Number eight in your hearts. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. What what are y'all's colors? Uh, We're navy blue and green. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, this is, like, I'm excited. I'm like, okay, I gotta go look Sarah up, like, right after this, Mm -hmm. and make sure that, like, I gotta follow you and follow your story and everything. Because um, I think that this is a big deal, not only for, um, you know, little girls that are in sports right now, but for people to embrace the idea of new things and Mm -hmm. not have one set mindset about how, like the world of sports, you know, and like women being, you know, referees on the sideline and being newscasters on ESPN and all these other things. Like, I really love the the shift that we're seeing and, um, and just talking to you and how positive you are about it. And it's not this like uncomfortable situation. Like you said, like if you knew that it was going to be a bunch of women that were just mean, or, you know, they were just too rough around the edges for you, you know, basically women that were trying to be men in a sense, like it's not that it's women that are empowered to be themselves and just be the most like, just kick-ass athletes that they can be mm-hmm. like that's what that's what I'm hearing from you at least like is, mm-hmm. isn't that right and assuming yeah they're definitely incredible athletes and I'm that's also probably why I'm a little bit nervous about when we're tackling because they are strong so um yeah definitely incredible women and incredible athletes and in, incredibly supportive so it's a kind of wonderful experience so far That's awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for sharing just all your experiences and everything that you've done. I want to switch gears real fast and we're going to move into our keeping it real segment. So, um, I have a few questions for you. And the first one is what motivates you on days when everything is just super tough? You know, you've 
spilt your coffee, you're running late, like you've, you forgot your equipment. Like, you know, what do you, what keeps you going on those days? Yeah. So for me, what is that saying? Um, motivation isn't, I think I heard it maybe on your podcast or I heard it on some podcast not too long ago that um, motivation isn't, what is it about you have to bathe daily? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. It's Zig Ziglar. Like it's the, oh, it's the shower, like bathing doesn't last forever. Like that's why it's required daily. So it's yes, like, that one. <laughs> um, I, I totally murdered that quote, but I think I'm really proud of myself. I'm like, oh, I know this one. Cause I've heard it. Yeah. A times. <laughs> yeah, so that one. And so for me, I've realized that, and it's definitely still a struggle, but if you know, my biggest goals, I really have to be clear on why I want them. Um, I also have to be clear on that. There's only a couple goals I can work on at any given time. Um, because me, I just love to be involved in a lot of different things. But then like I was telling you earlier, that means that all of them aren't going to be done as well as I could. Um, and so I focus on just a couple goals at a time and then I develop habits around them. And that way on the days when I really don't want to go to the gym, it's like, oh yeah, why am I going to the gym? Oh, because I want to be a professional tackle football player and I don't want to be injured. And so I got to make sure my legs are strong, that I'm ready to take tackles. And so I really have to think about why am I doing that? And it makes it a lot easier. But then there still are the days where I'm just like, I do not want to go. And so I have a few different kind of tools that I can alternate between depending on what is going to be most inspirational to me. Some of those include, you know, I have a playlist on Spotify. It's my feminist playlist. And it just really, you know, gets me amped up. It has, you know, songs by Beyonce and Cardi B and Nicki Minaj and, you know, a few other artists that I really love listening to that really pump me up and make me just feel like the empowered woman that I am. And they're also, you know, I have Pinterest boards of inspirational quotes or workout quotes. And so if I'm like, oh, I know I need to go, I'll just go over that for five minutes. And it usually is enough to like, okay, you're right. I'm ready to do this. Uh, and then I also have a really strong support system. And so if I'm really struggling, I will call whether it's a friend or my husband or my family and just kind of talk it out. Um, and usually they are, you know, really encouraging um, and supportive of me and my goals. And then the last thing I'll say about that is I have um, an accountability call that I do every Tuesday with uh, a lot of four other women who are in different careers. Um, you know, some of them I worked with prior when I was living in Miami, and then one of them lives in New York. So really, we span the country. We call each other every Tuesday night. We talk about our biggest goals that we have, and then we hold each other accountable to actually whatever that weekly task is that we're going to do to get towards that goal. So kind of all of those different tools help me just stay focused and determined and, and day in and day out be able to do it. That's awesome. And I love that you mentioned um, having an accountability group because I have the same thing. I have, there's mm -hmm. group, there are four of us. I actually have a couple, I feel like accountability groups, but there's one that's like set, like we have a call every Thursday and you know, we're all from total different walks of life, but we're, we're all human. You know, we all face those same struggles. Like you said, like you don't want to go work out or you don't, you know, you just feel like, Oh, like I'm just tired or I just want to, you know, kind of just take a break from just going super hard for the next few days. And then they're the ones that are like, but you have so much to give or you, like they see the potential when you can't see it in yourself. So mm -hmm. I love that you share that because I think that it's super important, especially, um, being an athlete at your level and, um, continuing to push yourself. So, so that's really mm -hmm. cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, definitely. And then my next question is, do you consider yourself a perfectionist? I definitely have struggled with that. It's something, like you said earlier, the progress, not perfection. That's something that I try to live now and realize that I still can produce something that's excellent. Um, but if I, I mean, there could be the difference between excellent and perfect, but that might mean another couple of 
hours that I could be spending on whatever task it is versus I could now devote to doing something else excellent too. And so now I try to really balance that. And, you know, a few years back, I really tried to work on, you know, self-forgiveness and self-love and being okay with not being perfect. And kind of the same lessons we were talking about earlier that I talk about with the girls I'm coaching is it's okay to mess up. It's okay to have failures. It's really, how are we going to respond to that? And so that's, now I feel pretty confident that most of the time I'm in a place where I'm okay with failing and I would rather be the person that goes after something with everything that I have uh, than, you know, sit back and be like, oh, I wonder what would have happened if I had gone for that. Would I have made it? Would I have not? Would I have gotten that job? Would I have not? You know, whatever it is, you know, that I'm going for. That's awesome. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, um, you know, that come on the podcast, they always kind of start like, I was, a, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I know I, I am. I'm like, I'm a recovering <laughs> perfectionist. Like I used to be, but then I realized like that was the thing that was holding me back was trying yes. for make everything perfect. So I love, I love that you said that. I'm going to okay. use that recovering perfectionist. Yes, I I'm like a recovering it. perfectionist. Totally <laughs> steal it. Cause I use it all the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So my last question for you, and this is always a good one. If you could go back and tell your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to her? Yeah, I guess it depends on what age. I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that there is power in using my voice. And that's taken me a long time to, to realize that. And so that's probably what I would talk to myself about is it's okay. And really what it's about is not not, not being scared. It's about having courage to do whatever it is anyways. Um, and I think I would probably talk to her about some strategies for actually being able to go into that room to have the courage. You know, things like one of my go-to moves is the power pose. Yes. And if your listeners don't know what that is, it's just picture the fearless girl statue. I do that all the time. I teach the girls I'm coaching to do that. Uh, because there is, I mean, obviously there's research around that shows how that helps with your confidence. But I will literally, if I have to go, you know, before I went and negotiated for equal pay, before I went and had a coworker or a boss, is whatever challenge before I went on this podcast I did the power pose right put myself in the mirror and I tell myself you know affirmations like never forget Sarah you're you know you are a okay I was gonna say a swear word you are a boss (laughs) you are confident you are ready Um, and so I'd probably tell my younger self you know little strategies like that I also will like pump myself up it's almost my new pregame ritual uh, of listening to you know really positive inspiring music um, and just kind of give myself those actual things I could have taken away with like tools I could take away from that situation. And yes, that's probably what I would tell myself. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. This interview has been so much fun. So I want you to share with everybody, where can we find you on social media, your website? Like just tell us all the places and uh, your teams, like if they have a website or social media or anything like that, tell us just all the places. All of the things. Um, So starting with Girlboss Sports, which is the, the company I'm the CEO and founder of, you can just go to www.girlbosssports.com. You'll probably see it on the hat here. Um, and then email is info at girlbosssports.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn under Girl Boss Sports. Uh, so you, any of your listeners can just search that. And then if you want to follow along my journey, you know, I'm posting on my own Instagram about life, being a rookie, being a, you know, with the, as a football player, but also owning a business and being a womanpreneur. That's um, instagram.com slash CEO underscore Sarah Wolfer. And um, I'm also on LinkedIn under Sarah Wolfer. And then if you want to follow along the Seattle Majestics, you can go to www.seattlemajestics.wnfcfootball.com. 
Um, and you can also find out about other teams by, on the WNFCfootball.com. And then they're on Facebook and Instagram as well. And if anybody wants to sponsor, we're still looking for sponsors for our team for the Seattle Majestics. That can be like a business or a company. There's a whole different level for doing that. And then also we take individual sponsors. A really easy one is to get season tickets. Uh, they're $30 for three games. And then they go towards whichever player you select. They go fees because, like I mentioned before, not paid yet. And, in fact, we still have some player fees we have to, you know, come forward with. So that's uh, an easy way to help out um and all the players on any of the teams so yeah that's awesome well and i'm gonna link to all that in the show notes sarah has already sent me some links and then if there's any other ones that we mentioned then i'll get those from her and we'll put them in the show notes so you don't have to like go back and like listen to all those we'll we'll, ha- we'll provide them for you but sarah thank you so much for coming on the show today yeah thank you so much for having me i'm really excited about what you're doing as well with the rookie life um I love women supporting women and all of the things that you're doing as well. So I'm definitely going to be following along your journey too. Well, thank you. Y'all that interview with Sarah was so good. Wasn't it? Like, were you just inspired to like try something new? Like she knew soccer her whole life and that was her thing. And then here comes this opportunity. Like, you know what? Maybe I'll try football out. And you know what? It's paid off in a really big way. Like, I'm so excited for her. And I can't wait to see what kind of barriers and ceilings that she's just going to bust through. Because, y'all, she's in it to win it. Like, you can just hear it in her voice, right? Like, I had an actual video conversation with Sarah. And I could just see her energy and her face would light up whenever she talked about girls and sports and encouraging other women and coaching them to be better and so I just know like Sarah shout out to you girl like you're doing amazing things and I can't wait to see where it takes you in life but that does it for this episode so be sure to check out the show notes at crystalprofit.com slash episode 47 and you're going to find all of Sarah's links and all the places you can find her and connect with her on social media and follow her journey with the Seattle Majestics because I know I love seeing her pictures pop up in my Instagram feed. Like it's just this like, man, like she's a powerhouse. I just love that I know this powerful beast of a woman and I've got to meet her virtually and have a chat with her because y'all, she's going to change the world. One little girl at a time, one encouraging word at a time. I know that she is going to make a huge impact on women in sports. So that's all I have for you today. Stay tuned for the next episode and remember, keep it up. We all have to start somewhere.